Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 109 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Simon Maple. Simon is the Director of Developer Relations at SNCC, a Java champion since 2014, and was a Java One Rockstar speaker in 2014 and 2017. Simon is also a Duke's Choice Award winner, the founder and organizer of Virtual Jug, co-leader of the London Java community, and a regular conference speaker. So Simon, can I ask you to expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, yeah. And thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I much appreciate it. I started my career almost 20 years ago now at a company, small little startup company called IBM. And I was a developer there, engineer for a number of years, probably 10 or so years before I moved into developer advocacy or technical evangelism, as as the role was called uh, then in IBM. And it was quite a big jump for me, actually, uh, going from a pure developer role in a middleware product over to more of a role where I do conference speaking, customer engagement, blogging, and content writing. Developer advocacy can often mean different things to different people. For me, it's really about trying to engage with developers, talk to developers like they're not different human beings, but they're just regular developers and you know, really trying to help developers with everyday problems that they have. And we can do that by you know, being advocates for technology or methodologies, ways of doing things or products or tools. And so this is what I do. So my, my current role and my previous role, in fact, uh, I, I work for two. My, well, my previous one was a, a Java company. This, the current company, SNCC, is uh, a company that has tooling for a number of different ecosystems. And it's and their tooling solves a problem, and you know it, it's my role to help educate developers around issues in security, uh, either through conferences or content and, and a whole bunch of other ways. And so, yeah, that that's my role really. It's a, it's quite a different role to developer advocacy, but um, it's still a very technical environment to work in. So uh, I enjoy it very much. Do you find there are certain subjects that people ask questions about more than others? I wouldn't necessarily say there are certain topics. I would say it's when you hit the right level at which developers can actually learn from you is when you know people will ask uh, more or less questions. And I think when you're talking to someone, you give way too much information or not enough information. It's hard for people to actually understand when they can engage, when they can ask questions. Whereas when you give people information at the right level, just at the level people need, so that it's piquing their interest and they want to learn more, that's typically when people will ask, ask questions. And when we come to then think about, well, which topics, it's going to be topics that really interest people, that people need, see the value in, in asking those questions about. So, you know, when you're talking about uh, specific issues that development teams or developers have, everyday issues that really resonate with, with developers, then that's, you know, a specific area that, uh, that people will ask questions about. Also, if you're asking about a specific topic that people can relate to. So if it's similar to what someone else is doing, you're going to get the classic question, well, that's great. How does it differ from X from what I'm doing? So, 
yeah, there are there are certain topics where you know you're going to get particular answers, and I think experienced speakers will learn to uh, predict those kind of questions, and and inexperienced speakers will learn after the third or fourth time they give a topic. Those are the questions they're going to need good answers to going forward. Indeed, yeah. So you almost have to be primed, right? Exactly. exactly. You know they're going to come up. Exactly. Okay, Simon, can you maybe share a unique career tip with the IT Career Energize audience? In the area I'm working in in particular, which is developer advocacy, and I think this is going to be a tip which is very largely going to relate to many forms of roles in and outside of IT, but largely what I'm doing is I'm trying to I'm trying to communicate something to someone. It's ultimately if we break it down, that's what I'm doing. And it's very easy for us to think we understand what people want to hear or just, you know, we want to say ultimately what we want to say. There's a message we might want to get across. So my biggest career tip is whoever you talk to, and this is whether you're in a room with 5,000 people or if you are on the phone to one person or or face-to-face with one person, when you're talking to that person, always make sure that the information that you're giving is the information that that person wants to actually consume or hear. This is particularly important for developer advocacy or, or, you know, if you're in a team meeting or if you are at a conference, if you are talking to a bigger group of people, try to understand what the value is, not for you to say something, but the value for someone else to hear something. And when you understand what it is, uh, when you can empathize with the person you're talking to about what it is they want to hear, you'll actually find what you say will maybe completely different, or at least you'll say it in a different way. So I think you know, a good career tip, whether you're just talking in a meeting or whether you're, you know, in a conference is to really empathize with the person you're talking to and try and understand what they want from the conversation or what information they want from you. And that will really help you progress in your career for me, for my point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. As you say, it applies not only to speaking from a stage, but also in everyday conversations and meetings. So yeah, a great career skill to have, definitely. Okay, Simon, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? This is going to be more of a more of a personal one than a technical one, I would say. So I think one thing which I always say we as humans can't keep up with is the social pressures that come from many of our roles. And I would say that um, development and you know software development with the pressures that come from numerous different points of view, you know, with developers trying to do a specific job and then all of a sudden Agile comes along so you're trying to do everything quicker. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing all your tests within two-week timeframes. Then all of a sudden DevOps comes along so you have to take on operations. Then DevSecOps comes along so you're taking on security as well. We're only getting more and more work on our plates. And as a developer advocate, someone who travels a lot as well, there are physical and mental strains that come along with those jobs. And, and I think as a society, our roles have evolved far faster than we as humans have in our bodies obviously i believe sometimes we can very easily take on too much too quickly it took me a while to learn to say no i'm still not good at it which is i don't know maybe the reason i'm on this podcast who knows (laughs) no i'm joking (laughs) Uh, but you know i I think i feel i feel it's very easy for us to take on too much work to try and stretch ourselves too far without understanding the implications it can have on us both mentally and physically and I've been under a couple of burnouts. Probably my first would have been around seven or eight years ago. My second was probably around three, three and a half years ago. 
it's very, very easy to get into a state of burnout, very easy to spiral out of control, hard to ask for support and hard to talk to people. But it's definitely, it's definitely been the lowest points of my, my career in terms of it stopped me in my tracks from doing what I want to do. It, it put me into a low place. And I think, you know, there are big lessons learned there in terms of not just what I say yes and no to, but also how I prioritize my work, how I realize what actually is important and what isn't important to do. And I think taking things out of my head, putting it on, uh, you know, whether it's paper or a to-do style tool, that will help me at least understand what I'm doing. It will give me a, a pattern to my madness, whereas, you know, I don't, I don't just want things flying in my head that I'm trying to keep track of as well as do work. So, so taking a lot of the tasks and the task management out of my head and giving a tool or some other process, a way of managing that for me, really allowed me to focus and concentrate on my work. So that's probably my, my worst career moments. And, you know, I'm sure I might have that again, but I think, uh, I think that's probably, uh, I'm more capable of dealing with that now. Sure. So you've learned to remove the clutter from your mind, presumably. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it makes me more focused and more, uh, I can produce more quality work as well. Okay. Um, moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think this actually came as a result of myself, uh, maybe even being lazy. I don't know. But uh, every time we see something that works well, it very often comes from a problem. When we often try and invent things, the best kind of inventions come from, uh, come from problems or issues. I'm sure there's a saying around that that I uh, can't pick up right now. But I feel many years ago, four, five years ago, I was heading into London every now and then for a local user group meetup in London, the London Java community, LJC. And I was just having a family at the same time. And it was getting, and I was, you know, doing more and more developer advocacy. So I was traveling a lot. When I wasn't traveling, I was trying to spend time with the family. And it was very hard for me to, uh, to go to London Java user group as well. So what I created at the time was a virtual group. And uh, this was weirdly something that hadn't really been done or pushed to much of an extreme. Yet, you know, everyone I talked to afterwards was saying, oh, this, is a, this seems a really obvious step, but I don't understand why anyone didn't do it. So the virtual Java user group was a, um, so it's a pretty unique user group. It was, uh, it's online. It, well, we say it was online only, but we do a lot of events in person as well now at other uh, conferences and events. Uh, but we stream everything we do. And the idea is for people who do live further away from user groups or people who don't live near a user group at all, or Maybe, maybe you live near a small user group that doesn't meet up very often. The idea was we can use you know, many of the, the great tools available today. We, use, we chose to use Hangout and IRC at the time. Now we're using Slack. And we try and pull people together from all over the world to join and to network and to learn from some of the best speakers in the world. Because obviously now we're virtual, we can pull in uh, pretty much most or any speakers that we would like to our group, which is, you know, very humbling and very amazing. And so we've given many, many sessions. Uh, we, we tried a podcast. I probably need to, need to kick that off again. Uh, we also do a book club reading session and some hack days. And as I mentioned, we do some work at conferences as well. And this community is now over 16,000 people. It really did help my career in terms of a lot of people really, you know, heard about me for, as the founder of the community and, um, because I was on it every every other week or every week, a lot of people then recognized me. I think this was one of the uh, reasons I got my Java Champion Award, which is 
a very distinguished award actually in the in the Java community. Uh, I believe there are only uh, about 200, 250 uh, people in the whole of the Java ecosystem with the with the award uh, for people who champion Java. So I think that was by far one of my biggest highlights becoming the Java champion for that. But um, I really do love the the virtual jug community. So I would say the the VJug is my career highlight. Yeah, no, very good. Um, so Simon, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? If I knew the answer to that, it would uh, it would actually quite sadden me. I think <laughs> I think the fact that IT changes so quickly effectively means you know what we actually don't know what the tech future is going to look like in IT in ten years or in fifteen years. I mean, if we look fifteen years ago, we worked in a very different envir- working environment on very different technology, trying to develop very different architectured applications with some similarities in our use cases of what we actually want to achieve, but we do it in a very different way. I think we have to realize that because things change, it's an incredible learning experience. So what excites me is the fact that what we learn about today, we're not going to necessarily need in 10 years. But you know, for me, that's a good thing and a bad thing, but it excites me because we're not in a in an environment, in a workplace that stands still. We're in, a, we're in an environment that literally changes every single day. And I think uh, that's what really gets me excited in a, in a career for IT. So for those who are considering a new career in IT, there are certain skills which you can learn that will really stand the test of time. And not just technical skills, but I don't like calling them soft skills, but personal skills. Those are the skills that the more time you put into growing, the more it will help you in your career. And it's extremely important as well, obviously, to understand and learn the technical aspects of your roles and, and you know, how different components, different tools, different products, different architectures interlink. But don't kid yourself that those are always going to be around and, and always take what you learned from previous technologies and previous um, learnings forward. But do make sure you are continually improving the long life skills that, uh, that, that you need. I think you're right. And we may actually come back to that point a bit later on. So anyway, we're going to move into the reveal round now. Uh, more of a quick fire, find out more about you question set. So you ready for this? Absolutely. Oh, well, let's try for it. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? My dad, actually. I saw my dad as a developer, as a software engineer and as an electronics engineer. It really excited me. He gave me a book on C. I started coding. And that from then, well, the, the rest is history. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Uh, always ask questions. There's no stupid questions. And the earlier you ask a question, the less likely it will be. you will think it's a stupid question. It's never too early to ask a question. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I would take that just a tiny step back and say, if I was to begin my IT career from university, I would actually change my degree from a computer science degree to maybe something a little bit more like a computer science in cybernetics or AI or something like that. I would definitely stay in software development, but I think I would go from a larger company like an IBM to a startup much, much quicker. I would definitely, I do really enjoy the startup life and I think it's very exciting. So I would, I would do 
you know, a lot very similar, but jump to a startup quicker, I think. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Uh, what I'm learning now, right now, is uh, how I can grow high-performing teams and how I can enable the people in those teams to to be the best they can and to achieve the best they can in their careers. So my biggest career objectives now is how I can grow my team, how I can teach my team. A lot of my moments of joy now are, are by seeing other people succeed. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? The way in which I communicate with others. I think it's always nice to be happy and friendly and just to talk to people, learning learning from other people. Just through having a discussion or a conversation with people is extremely underrated. So I would say my biggest uh, non-technical skill is communication. Simon, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Never look to what you want to be in the future in 10 or 15 or 20 years. Always try and do a couple of things. First of all, make sure you are really enjoying the role you're in because you spend a lot of time at work. And if you're not enjoying the technology and the people that you work in, for me, that's that's a you know a large waste of a, of you know, great talent. So always make sure you're enjoying the group you're in. Always make sure you're enjoying the job you're doing. And if you're not, that's the time for me that you really need to consider uh, making a change to your career. Don't be frightened to make a change to your career. Just uh, to do what you feel from your gut instinct is most important to you. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, so to connect with me, yeah, you're welcome to connect with me on Twitter. I'm at SJMaple on Twitter, or you can uh, shoot me an email. It's simon at snyk, S-N-Y-K.io. Or you can see what uh, what I'm doing on my uh, on my blog or my company blog, which is uh, snyk.io forward slash blog. Simon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. That's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember... If you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.